0: Just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi everyone, Liz here. Unfortunately, I do not have a new episode of Feathers in My Hair this week. I am moving from Florida to Pennsylvania. I'm doing my big move and I am just crazy busy packing. So I am going to rerun for you guys a episode I did about a year ago with my dear, dear friend Tomlin, where we reviewed one Janelle Evans book. It is a great book review. The book was crazy. It was bad and we talked about it for almost an hour and a half. So I hope you guys enjoy. I will be back next week with an all new episode and lots of things to talk about. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Okay, so this week I have a very special guest, somebody who is, I would say, on my level as far as uh, being what I like to refer myself as is a Teen Mom scholar. Her name is Tomlin, and she's, you know, a little famous in the Teen Mom fandom world, if you will, because she used to be a writer on what was, I would say, the biggest Teen Mom news site, maybe second after the Ashley Although they're like kind of different, but she used to write on Teen Mom Junkies. So Tomlin, please introduce yourself.
1: Hello, everybody. I am your friendly neighborhood weirdo here to talk about Teen Mom with you guys. And I'm so excited. I hope you guys like me. Don't don't flame me on Reddit. That would hurt my heart.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. How long did you write for Teen Mom? Just if you want to explain Teen Mom Junkies a little bit and like kind of what it was, how long you wrote for it.
1: Oh, gosh. Okay, so I know that this is like, I did an AMA about this on meta teen mom, but then I nuked the account that I did it with, because I used to post on other subreddits, and it was just a little too messy for me. (laughs) After like 30,000 karma, you got to peel back. But um, for anybody who didn't catch like the whole story behind what happened, Teen Mom Junkies was a website that got started around like I don't know if it was as early as 2009, because that would have been really, really early in the show. No but I know. Way. Yeah, it was active in 2011. And that's when I got on the site. It was definitely a lot slower, but Teen Mom News was not what it was today. Mm-hmm. So it was like a really good platform just to poke in, see what's going on. And funny story, because we're talking about Teen Mom 2. The reason that I really cause I knew Teen Mom Junkies existed, but the reason that I got in deep with it and like made a username, I was Janelle's fifth baby daddy, who we are actually on at this point in the show. I'm so fucking mad that the website doesn't exist. <laughs> so well, it exists, but it's fucking terrible. I yeah. mean no offense it to It doesn't daddy,
0: exist, let's be honest. Say.
1: It's not on the radar of the teen mom world. But um the reason that I really got involved with TMJ and became a steady commenter is because Teen Mom 3 was on the air, and I hated Brianna. Like, (laughs) everything about her made me so upset. Her segments were just, like, a different kind of infuriating. Like, Janelle and, like, some of the other, like, moms do things that make you, like, upset on a level, like, for their children. But I just hated that Brianna didn't have brain function. (laughs) Correct. And so I got into things with it. I'm talking forever about this. Basically, I became a commenter. Megan, who was like the biggest writer on TMJ, was kind of moving on with her life, uh, getting married, doing all of that real adult stuff. (laughs) And I had nothing but time on my hands as I finished up college. So when Steve Beans, the owner, was asking for new writers, I sent him a writing sample over and he liked the way I did things. And over time, there were a bunch of writers. It was like the Hunger Games over there for a minute. You guys can be so brutal sometimes. But after a while, myself and another writer, Andrea, were kind of like the last two who were consistently posting. And it was a really nice time. It was about a year and a half. And after I graduated college and the site got sold, things got weird, but people still show me a lot of love from those old times. I really love TMJ for what it was and when it was, and
0: here I am today. Yeah, it was like um it was a discussion-based website. So like somebody would post an article and like people would comment on the article, but the article was really like mo- sometimes they would just like post a picture as like a place like there didn't even really need to be an article. It was basically just, like, a place for a ton of people dis- to discuss. And there were a yeah. lot of users, and you could make up uh, burner accounts and, like, usernames. It's kind of like a Gawker a Jezebel. Like, not in content, but, like, the way that, like, the comments really fuel uh, the website. And okay. that it was, like, a pretty strong community. My first username was Slow. And then my second username was Leah Spending Problem. And my user picture was just like a picture of an Oxycontin pill. <laughs> so it was like, it was just like a fun place. It was kind of mean spirited, but it was kind of the Team Mom Central Gossip Place for four or five years.
1: For a while. It had its run for sure.
0: Yeah. And then the it sold and a lot of the writers fell off. And it's funny, like a couple months ago, I was reading... And oh no, they didn't, which you guys know is like my. I mean, I'm an OG Live Journal user and still go on Live Journal to read celebrity gossip. And um, somebody had commented like their friend had written for a Teen Mom site and like didn't know all the facts and like got torn apart. And I was like, oh, that was definitely Teen Mom Junkies. <laughs> like- oh, <my> <laughs> Nikki. <laughs> I love you, Nikki, wherever you are. So, yeah, it was like the writers were expected to have as much knowledge as the commenters. And it was like it was a fun place. And, you know, there'd be live episode discussions. But, yeah, so Tomlin then came to Reddit. Basically, everybody from T-Mom Junkies migrated to Reddit. Uh, And now we are Internet friends.
1: I love it. I am one of those people who's been making Internet friends since the Internet was a scary place. Yeah. So it's just great. It's, it's great like that teen mom can connect people. I was talking to a friend and telling her that I was going to do this podcast, and she was like, that's so great that you guys maintain your passions outside of work. And I was like, Jesus Christ, teen mom is my passion.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's true. Like, I'm laughing, but that that is correct. <laughs> hey, guys, there's a little change in audio right here because I had to call Tomlin via her cell phone because her Skype was acting up. Thanks for bearing with me. Okay, so... You are a, you're above me and your Teen Mom's Scholar Dome in that you read the Teen Mom books.
1: I do. I have read a number of them. Not all of them, but I, I'm pretty, I think I'm about like half. Like they, we put together an anthology. <laughs> so who have you read? I have read Macy's first book. I read Sarah's book, which honestly, people say that that is a terrible book, but I, I thought it had its moments. <laughs> um, I read Deborah's book, which is pure gold. Like, oh my, it should have a fucking Pulitzer. It needs to have five stars on Amazon. My life's goal is to make that happen. Uh, I read half of Caitlin and Tyler's online, but I just, I didn't like them going back and forth like early 2000s like rap songs (laughs) in the writing so i didn't finish it and i read i read like half of amber's too but again she just lost me because she kept calling like gary her fiance and i it it just bothered me
0: Uh, janelle does that a lot in this book
1: she definitely does. And the weird name changes, like, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. But I
0: hate it. So I don't read the Teen Mom books. It's just, like, and I'm, a, like, I'm somebody that reads, you know? It's not because, like, I just don't like to read. It's just, I don't know, like, a bridge too far. But I did decide that I was going to read this Janelle book, and I was going to do it for the podcast, and I paid 10 American dollars for it, which hurts me physically. But, you know what, I figure, like, I've been entertained by Janelle for 10 years now, and if she probably deserves $10. (laughs) That's fair. That's really big of you, Liz. You have such a heart. I mean, truly. And then I um, figured out how to illegally convert it to a PDF, and I sent it to Tomlin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because I was not willing to make that leap. I think... We we are matched in well, I guess you think that I'm above you in being a teen scholar a teen mom scholar. Teen scholar, I wish. <laughs> but I think that you like if we had degrees, you would have like a minor in Janelle. Like that's you would true. have really refined Janelle knowledge that I just don't have. So you were probably like breezing through this and I was just like, What is this timeline that is happening
0: here? Oh my god. I would say that's a hundred percent correct because for a long time I like I cared about the other team moms. Like I watched the show and I would read recaps. But like I just didn't care that much to like get into it. But like it was always like Janelle. You know, it's all <laughs> Janelle's always been my number one. And so like I'm deeply, deeply versed on Janelle stuff. Where like with Amber, I used to not like care about her. Caitlin and Tyler, I would probably have to do like extensive research to follow their book. Like I just <laughs> For whatever reason. And the Janelle knowledge just like won't leave my head. Like no matter what.
1: (laughs) Janelle is special. Like I was definitely never in like the Twitter like hatter zone that they have. But she's just so popular to hate on no matter what platform you were on and the other girls just weren't giving you the reasons in the early seasons you know what i mean because
0: janelle's an internet person that's why it is because janelle loves the internet like we do one of us exactly and the other girls like don't care about being on the internet but janelle was like an aol chat room since she could walk like
1: i feel like and this is like, honestly, I don't, I'm not going to spend this fucking podcast caping for Janelle because that book was a dumpster fire and I'm pretty sure she stole some IQ points from me. Yes. But like, certain things, like the things that I don't think Janelle meant to be poignant were like touching to me.
0: Oh. Which
1: says a lot about Janelle, but I think the fact that she's an internet person kind of tells me a lot about her personality because I'm definitely like, you know, prone to being depressive, and even though I'm like friendly and outgoing, and I'm on a fucking podcasts with people, I'm definitely more introverted. Yeah, I mean, and I I feel like that kind of thing tells you a lot about a person. So it kind of gives me like, um, like a starting ground together with Janelle, where I just score too high for her to catch up. But <laughs>
0: absolutely, I think like it should go without saying, like, it's 8.52 on a Friday night. And I was like, hey, can you record a podcast on Friday night? And you're like, yeah. like Because <laughs> we're both like, this is what we're going to do on a Friday night. Like, I, it's so funny. I have, um like, a 12-step commitment that's on a, it's every other Friday. And people are always like, I can't believe you have that Friday commitment. Like, that's so great of you. And I'm like, oh my, can you believe it? Like, <laughs> Like what else am I doing? Oh. Recording a podcast. Dude, I I was like, oh, I can totally record at eight thirty. I just have to make sure that I get out of work before eight like, <laughs> o'clock. What I do? All right, so Janelle's book is called "Read Between the Lines: A Diary, the Diary of a Teenage Mom." Um, I hate to use did the word not teenage. know that you just said it. <laughs> uh, Janelle is forever mentally
1: 15 years old yeah forever endeavors it doesn't surprise
0: me absolutely and the basis of this book is that she was moving and found her old diaries and decided that they would make a great book which uh first of all is a lie because she's been posting like fucking uh pictures of her old diaries like old diary entries from when she was a kid on twitter for like five years so please like miss me with this like Origin story that she comes up with, like I was recently moving boxes. Like, bitch. Like, stop. Hold on. Wait. Pause.
1: Can we take a moment and address the fact that while the uh, I really I feel like the other teen moms wrote an outline of what they wanted their book to be like, and a ghostwriter wrote it for them. Yeah. I truly believe Janelle gave this ghostwriter those diary entries, and the ghostwriter watched the like a few like episodes of Teen Mom on Hulu and just wrote in the rest. Like, I don't even think Janelle's ever had a conversation with this woman. I would describe.
0: I don't know who to side-eye. I would describe this book as written by, I mean, the co-author is like a 30 or 40 year old woman, but how I would say this was written was by a 50 something man pretending to be a 25 year old trying to explain what it's like to be a 13 year old girl kate here from forever 35
1: to tell you about the inky list who has been and continues to be a part of an open and honest conversation about skin and skincare you can tweet at them dm them or visit their website to ask them anything about ingredients your skincare routine or your skin and whatever your skin needs whether you have oily skin dry skin or combo they have a product with the right ingredient for you through knowledge and affordability, they have products less than $15.
0: The Inky List is making the right skincare accessible to everyone. Visit inkylist.com that's The-I-N-K-E-Y-List.com, and use the hashtag
1: Ask Inky to join the community of the skincare curious today. I feel like that is a good assessment. I feel like somebody took a novel by Kathy Glass, only like eight people in the world will know who that is, but it's okay. And just like put it in a blender and piece together the parts that sounded good. And that's what Read Between the Lines are.
0: <laughs> so the basis of this book is that Janelle is a longtime journal writer, which I'm going to rant about in one second. But so she's kept a journal her whole life and they like post, they put the actual journal entries in and then give context to the journal entries. But the context is so unnecessary because I will say Janelle was quite straightforward in her journal entries. Cause she writes a journal, like she's talking to somebody and so she'll like explain out everything. She's like, and now I'm seeing this guy Not just, like, she doesn't just dip into people's names. Like, in her journal, she, like, legit will give you, like, a full story of who each person is. But the thing that really grinds my gears about this whole concept is that they literally post all of her journal entries in this book. And there's, like, 15 of them that she took over the course of 10 years. And there would be, like, a year and a half long gap. But she would constantly be, like... Well, in tough times, I turn back to my number one love—writing in and diaries—and I'm like, "What? Like, I have always been awful at keeping journals. Like, it's something that I've I've always like seen myself as somebody who keeps a diary, but like can't actually do it. And you're even, telling my life story right now. Even <laughs> I like have at least probably 150 live journal entries. You know what I like? They're they're not very interesting. Although I read some the other night and actually like kind of spiraled. They were really fucking upsetting and depressing. <laughs> from when oh I, from God. when I was twenty, they were like so fucking sad, dude. Like I was like crying reading along with them because they were so sad. But the... the no I one to... has like happy live journal entries. No. Like live journal was a place for dark rimmed glasses and tears and Hawthorne Heights albums. It- Exactly, and but the the fact is, like I'm like a shitty, shitty diary writer, and there's no way I have less than 150 entries. You know what I mean? Like, and that's somebody that wasn't good at writing diaries, and like I'm supposed to believe like Janelle is like the one constant in her life is like writing in her diary, and she would write like a paragraph, and then like the next entry would be a paragraph from 18 months later.
1: <laughs> okay, this is a cut. Con- I feel. And this is a weird thought, but follow me, everyone. Okay. I feel like Janelle should have given this concept to Macy, and Macy should have given the bulletproof shit to Janelle.
0: I did not (laughs) read bulletproof, but I agree that this should have been Macy's concept, because I believe Macy keeps a diary.
1: Bulletproof? Like, there was nothing. Macy has never seen no fucking bullets. Like, (laughs) I don't... That was, that, like, I don't know what else to say about it. The whole thing is that, like, she's tough and she can survive so much. But, like, I'm not, I've never had, like, a kid or, like, Ryan as my baby daddy. So I'm really not trying to shit on other people's hard times and everything. But Macy has not, like, really been through the shit. Like, Janelle in, in this book, in this, like, quick gloss over of her entire life. Like, Janelle could tell me she's fucking bulletproof, and I would believe her. She's goddamn Teflon. She's never been to jail, like. Yeah.
0: No, I completely agree with you, and also, um, it's just never been, well, she's just, she's not a writer, and, like, it's just so weird that, like, the concept of this, I mean, obviously this was the easiest way for her to write a book. (laughs) Like, that, that's what it is. Like, that this was the simplest way to write a book, was to copy and paste pictures of Janelle's diary entry into a book, and then she can explain what AIM is to us.
1: <laughs> so, like, oh, the ghostwriting context parts where we have to be constantly reminded that Janelle is a teenage girl in the interviews are just...
0: I, I can't. Just go on. So I want to go over some of my favorite concepts quotes I took a bunch of them but um one of my favorite things is that this writer clearly did not recently talk to Janelle about Barbara (laughs) because a lot of the times like she's saying bad stuff about Barbara but she always follows it up with like but I know my mom loved me I know my mom did what was best and I think what happened was they did actually have some conversations, Janelle and the writer and the writer would be like, yeah, but you know, your mom did what was best. Right. And Janelle would be like, yeah, yeah, she, she did. Like- <laughs> and that's pretty much the
1: perfect summary of it. Like I can feel the author interjecting what she thinks someone in Janelle's situation now has to feel would think if they have actually like achieved real growth not that Janelle hasn't grown at all but she's she's writing this like she's like a 35 year old married like mother of two and a half children sitting on her veranda like (laughs) sipping like Earl Grey tea
0: in the morning. on reality tv like what is this well the writer wrote this what is her name it's right here at the end hold on her name is like tanya yeah something i like i'm like oh it. i don't care because truly i don't but (laughs) she like clearly is writing this as if janelle is a person that has like a soul and like cares about (laughs) other people and like what like a person that like you know, like, when you as, like, a rational person will try and look at an irrational person's actions and be like, there's no way they're actually doing that because, like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, if you are a sober person looking at someone in active addiction, you're like, that doesn't make any sense what they're doing. But to the per, like, but the person in active addiction is doing it. You just have a rational mind. So, like, you can't imagine that. I feel like that's that the writer. That's a good analogy. And the yes, writer, no. like, just didn't, like, she was like, but my mom's really trying her hardest. You know, like, looking back, like, I understand why she did everything. But then Janelle's, like, on TV this week, like, literally saying, like, I fucking hate my mom and she stole Jace from me.
1: <laughs> the the whole stole Jace, took Jace, like, I, I really thought that I would be ready to tackle that after watching this unfold on TV for like, what, eight years now, Mm -hmm. but that still grinds my gears in like a special way. The whole Barbara took Jace for me. And my mom just took over. Like we watched, I listened to the episode about the 16 and pregnant episode for Janelle, just in case I
0: forgot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is how Janelle describes it the first time in the book. Again, if you watch the show, you know how I fell into the trap of signing over the custody of my son, Jace, I thought I was doing so so I could get my life back on track and regain custody of my son. I made a lot of easy missteps and stupid mistakes, but I tried my hardest to do right by him. In the end, it didn't matter. The courts awarded her full custody and she has retained rights ever since. It has been a nightmarish battle to get him back into my home in arms. Even though I have other children who are doing perfectly fine, they won't give him back to me. It hurts my heart when I think about it, and I think about it every day. I could fill this book with descriptions of my heartache, but let me stop before I get started. This book isn't about the Janelle of today. This book is about the Janelle of years ago. (sighs) First of all, this is so classic because it's just about Janelle. Like, she mentioned Jace one time.
1: Uh, I want you to know that, like, when I read that part of the book, I, like, literally, like, I wanted to buckle myself in to my bed where I was reading it because I was like, it's going to be this kind of story.
0: Yeah. I mean, the fact that she said she was trapped into signing over custody of her son and that she made a lot of easy missteps... In her defense, they
1: are really easy decisions to make because they're not what you're supposed to be doing.
0: (laughs) The things that you're not supposed to do are always easier. That's why you're not supposed to do them. It's just and also the fact that she says it's been a battle to get him back when they literally went to court for the first time in eight years this year.
1: I mean, she had to get a lawyer and then not do anything all those different times, was.
0: <laughs> so the, book, the first, like, little part of the book is her childhood diary from when she lives in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And we hear about her dad and how her dad is a piece of shit. And we hear about her mom and how her mom is mean. And we hear about her sister, who is – I will go on record and say – Ashley Evans is crazier than Janelle Evans. I feel confident saying that. She's a fucking lunatic. And we also hear about Colin, who set their house on fire because he was lighting bugs on fire. And it set their house on fire. And he was like 10, not like 6. So...
1: When Janelle Evans is probably the most mentally stable in a household, is it really hard to imagine why she is the way she is? That was kind of my main takeaway from the entire book.
0: Yeah. Oh, she, like, is 100%. I'm so mad. Ashley used to have these, like, one-and-a-half-hour-long YouTube videos up that would be, like, telling the truth about Janelle, but really she would just, like, show pictures of the house like her ex-husband destroyed. Like, they were so fucking crazy. And she, like, could never stay on topic. She deleted them, which is, like, really rude of her because I've been, like, wanting to show them to people lately and I can't. Hold on. On the
1: topic of Ashley, I don't know if you remember this, and I don't even 100% remember where I saw it, but I'm pretty sure it was on Reddit. But somebody who was as crazy as me, made an album on Imager. I'm pretty sure it was Reddit because it was on fucking Imager. Yeah. But um, they made an album of, like, 120, like, screenshots from Ashley's social media. I love and that. And it was a wild ride. From her, like, faking a pregnancy How so that people her? would send her stuff, like, to
0: her baby atlas and the crazy story of his dad um, how and- about the time she went onto oh her facebook pretending to be a friend and say ashley tried to kill herself and she's being uh heliported to the hospital and her mom and ex-husband won't answer the phone <laughs> send help send help send help um but it was no, Ashley.
1: We're teleported that's not funny when it happens to people but like you had to put all of the extras on it yeah
0: like you she couldn't just be like trying to get in touch with my ex and I think at this time, her ex had kidnapped her youngest child. <laughs> and that's why he wouldn't answer the phone, according to her. But Ashley is, like, really next level out of her school. And um, Janelle and Ashley never got along, ever. And honestly, like, the beginning is just sad because it's just Janelle, like like, just wanting a normal family. Like, she said something that really stuck with me that people gave her shit for when, like, the excerpts were coming out, but I got what she meant when she was like, we never went on a family vacation. Like, we never had a nice memory. And I believe, like, I don't think she was saying, like, my fucking parents wouldn't take me anywhere, those assholes. But, like, I don't think, I don't think Barbara and her dad, and then after her dad left, Barbara, like, put much effort into, like, having happy family memories.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree. Barbara, for all of the good that she's done, even if even if we are not believing Janelle's 100% sincere version <laughs> of her life story, it's been made clear to us over the past eight years that like while Barbara clearly loves and cares about Janelle and all of her children, she has issues with expressing it. Yeah. And Janelle has the same thing. Like, I'm sorry to, like, bring up Reddit and stuff a million times here, but, like, who left a comment the other day that said, like, it alarms me that Janelle doesn't have a soft voice for her children or something like that? Because most people do. When you talk to a child, you don't talk to them like they're an idiot or a baby, but you soften your voice so that they can clearly...
0: How are you? Yeah, they
1: they know what the mood is so that when your voice isn't nice anymore, they know, okay... Let's reevaluate. But Janelle is monotone in her entire life. Like everything we've ever seen from her, in the angriest moments, she is monotone super loud. Yes. So that that has to be learned from somewhere, and Barbara is clearly like unable to express love in the cuddly way. They don't speak the same love language. Like Janelle needs Love and reassurance and positive feedback, even when she's done like the bare minimum.
0: Yes, I completely and Barbara gives
1: that to her. So, she, like, I don't expect a woman like Barbara, who's driving a school bus, who's working at Walmart, who's doing like mm-hmm. you know what she can to get by to place value on taking your kids on vacation and hugging them and letting them know they're loved every day because she thinks that like I'm out here busting my fucking ass trying to give these kids I they don't have a dad, I'm doing it all by myself. Like they don't see that I'm trying my best for them. They don't see that I love them that much. I could sit around and not do anything. Yeah,
0: like that house that uh Barbara and Janelle lived in on uh Janelle sixteen and pregnant and like early in the seasons, like Barbara owned that house in Island. It's a
1: cute house too it's a nice little house. That was
0: like a three bedroom home that Barbara owned and she was a single mother like she did have her boyfriend in the picture but he was a construction worker like they owned that house you know what I mean and like Barbara I think like I've definitely discussed this before like Barbara shows love by showing up every day and like going to work every day and making sure people have what they need but beyond that she's not very good at showing that she loves people
1: Yeah, and it's, I really do think that that kind of thing, like some people are naturally, you know, not super close and cuddly, like Macy for example, <laughs> is yeah. not like all over a boyfriend, but like you can tell that she, when she cares about somebody and wants to be there for somebody and like Bab just doesn't have that same thing. And I think it's because it's a learned behavior. Like you learn to show affection yeah. in certain ways. My mom had trouble like giving me lots of hugs when I was a kid. Cause she was raised in the sixties when her parents didn't give hugs.
0: Yeah. We also learned that uh, Barbara has a brother that is also, Colin has schizophrenia, but Janelle doesn't say it in the book. And even at one point says like her siblings are too messed up to get into. And I'm like, bitch, this is a memoir. Like get into it. <laughs> Like, that's literally the point of this, like, (laughs) to, like, get into their issues. Like, there were multiple times in this memoir that Janelle wrote, like, but it's too much to explain. Like...
1: But it would all require talking about other people who aren't Janelle. Yeah. And I think you're kind of, like,
0: misunderstanding. That's what I'm misunderstanding the point. You're absolutely right. But that's just, like, I'm a— pre- Memoirs are, like, my favorite genre. And, like, you don't see, like, David Sedaris writing, like, but that's neither here nor there. Like, it's all here and there. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I'm reading this, to, like, get the stupid details that nobody cares about. I can't believe we waited
1: eight years because people like people on Twitter, people on Tumblr, people everywhere have been waiting for Janelle memoir for like, she's been on TV eight years for four years. We've been kind of like, come on girl, where is the tea? And it's just like, this is stuff that anyone with a Twitter account in 2011 would know. It's,
0: a hundred percent. Although it's really funny because Gary Head, who is an ex-boyfriend and she talks about later in the book, was like tweeting yesterday. He was like mad he was included, which like, missed me with that. You racist, abusive piece of shit. I don't care what you have to say. And some of the people were like saying that she was lying. And I was like, were even some of like the biggest like Janelle Twitter accounts that have like 5,000 followers and like posts about her constantly? And I'm like, were you not on Twitter in 2011? And they were like, no. And I was like, oh, that's why you don't know that this is true. (laughs) Because we, like, literally witnessed all of this happen. Like, Janelle did not expose anything. (laughs) Janelle, if anything, was tame in her description
1: of a lot of the goings on. But even as far back as when it actually happened, like, people were always... Weirdly doubtful of like her whole thing with Gary, and over the years Gary has shown himself on the internet of his own volition yeah. to like not be yeah. a good person yeah. like even like even Nathan was honorably discharged from the marines, and Gary wasn't that should really tell you something. Nathan got a DUI on like a marine base, didn't mm-hmm. he? And, like so Gary is just not the greatest guy, but people are so willing to believe the absolute worst of Janelle that people have, like, asserted that she made up all of the abuse between the two of them. But yeah. then in this book, she copped to, like, you know, wanting to beat the shit out of Kiefer, wanting to, like, beat up her boyfriend, punching Gary the night he strangled her. So it's mm-hmm. just, like, no, I think it's possible for these two people to just be that fucked up. That's yeah. probably why they found each of other. It,
0: of course it happened. Of course it happened. This is Janelle. Like, I anybody, to me, what's crazy is that anybody would... Did, like, ever doubt that Janelle's boyfriends are physically abusive.
1: If You see, I think some people, and I don't know how to phrase this, but I'm going to try my best to articulate it. I was watching an episode of Addicted. It was kind of like a bootleg intervention that came on for a few years. <laughs> I think it's on TLC. And something like that yeah. with Christina Wanzelack. Hey, girl. But... <laughs> We, I was watching an episode with a guy friend of mine and like a girl in the episode was like living in the Bay area doing meth and like the interventionist like took her to meet this lady who was like a professional, I don't know if there's a good word for it, but crack whore, like she was selling her body for drugs Mm -hmm. and it was very sad, but the lady was very smart and intelligent and was trying to lead this young girl like away from this path because she was like, it gets real over here, girl. Yeah. And she the lady did not look like she was doing well at all. And my friend was, she told the story about how, like, um, she caught a date and this guy, like, beat her up and ransacked her house. And my guy friend, who I was watching it with, was like, You know what the fucked up part is? People who, like, fuck with her and do that kind of stuff with her are, like, they're not people looking for an opportunity. They're people seeking out a person that's that vulnerable that they know they can abuse. Like, Correct. they get off the lower somebody is. to, like, fucking with them. And I feel like a lot of people don't... Like, most people are in their hearts and souls not terrible. I won't say good, but most people don't want to just needlessly inflict pain on people. So I feel like there's just so much misunderstanding that, like, even people who aren't terrible down to their core have problems that cause them to just gravitate towards people that they can somehow elevate themselves over
0: yeah in whatever form it comes in it's just like for me it's just it's so easy to believe janelle because it's like i don't see a world in which janelle has a boyfriend that isn't physically abusive basically you know like those are the type of men that she gets with it just is it's fucking sad and people will go out of their way to like pick apart everything single thing she says about it and like yeah maybe it's mutually abusive but like janelle doesn't have healthy relationships you know like she just doesn't and people will still say that nate didn't beat her up even though he's been arrested twice in two months for breaking into his ex-girlfriend's house and strangling her in her bed which is one of the
1: biggest indicators that an abuser is likely to kill somebody like yeah you can strangle somebody to death without even meaning to. So do I believe that Nathan got mad and, you know, smacked Janelle one time? Like, that's something I have the urge to do when somebody irritates me like on the train to work. So yeah. why would it be crazy to think that an alcoholic who has prior domestic violence charges, who has whatever new batch of fun Janelle is working for, uh, on for us yeah. is, is crazy to me. Like, I don't care if Janelle hits them back. No one be fucking
0: hitting anybody and that's the problem exactly so i want to read this one quote um about how janelle describes barbara she writes she seemed to do that run hot and cold on punishment she would ground me for life one day then the next day i was allowed to watch television then the next day i could go outside and play then the next day i was off the hook i feel like that's like such a good summary of barbara and it's so obvious on the show
1: Oh, absolutely. And honestly, that part reminded me a lot of my own life. And it just shows you the extreme directions that the same things can lead you. Like, if you watch the show, Janelle, like there's so many times that Barbara and Janelle and they both do this because Janelle has learned it from Barbara. They say that they're done with each other, but the truth is they love each other so much that when they get angry and when they get upset with each other and don't think that the other person is caring about themselves or caring about the other person, yeah. they want to do something so extreme to show them how much they care, but it only comes off to the other
0: person as hateful and really ugly. So it doesn't work. Agreed. So the book is like split into three diaries, the kitten diary From when she, like, first moved, or was first moving from Scranton to, uh, North Carolina. Then there's The Doll Diary, which, I just wanted to read this because it goes back to my point of, like, Janelle doesn't actually keep diaries. And it says, but this has more than three times the entries. But The Kitten Diary only had three entries. So it's like, cool, this diary had nine entries and I'm supposed to be impressed. Like... It's like when you get a bag of chips and it's
1: half air and it's like, oh, 50% more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Exactly. Um, Oh, I want to read this one because it's just so obvious that Janelle um, would never write this. That was my youth. Those were my teenage years. That was when I was a young adult. These are my early 20s. Someday, I will say that was my late 30s, early 40s, mid-50s. We catalog time in blocks of 5, 10, even 20 years of experience. What? Janelle would never use the word catalog. No. And going back to the very first quote you read,
1: Janelle would never use the word retain. <laughs> like, she just wouldn't. She would say kept. and Janelle would say kept because she is... Correct. With nothing. She is, she's a habitual liar, but she's real. He, she shows her real self and she's not over here taking legal writing one one. Yeah. Here's so another one from because we uh,
0: here's custody. Here's another good one from a long time, self-proclaimed atheist. I find God in everything I see and the people I meet. I see God in my kids and my family and our love for one another, not in a building talking about church.
1: What? Like, why is is she writing, like, a John Legend song?
0: (laughs) It's just so... But there, you know, I will say, I think the ghostwriter really had her pegged. Although she's not a ghostwriter. Like, she's credited on the book. But um, I don't think Janelle realizes this. Or she, like, realizes it in the past, but, like, truly doesn't understand that she's still doing it. But... She does repeatedly talk about the fact that, like, she only has value in herself through other people. And, I mean, it's crazy because she's like, I've since learned to stop doing that. And it's like, you haven't? But, like, here she says, by now I learned to measure my value through my contact with others. When I didn't have someone to focus on who liked me, my boyfriend or best friend, I felt worthless. And, like, that made me feel sad because, like, she still does that. Yeah, like this is what I was
1: saying earlier about her talking about this, like she is just on a next level in her life. Like she's really moved on and like, you know, she passed the medical assisting test in her state and she's like working and Jace is like eighteen now. <laughs> she's talking about this like some time has passed and she's really thought about it. But it's just like do you know do you see your relationship with David? Like I don't even think David is the absolute worst that we've seen Janelle with, but, like, you talk about it on here. She isolates herself. She wants to be wrapped up in his world, and it's, like, it's almost like she thinks that because everything is going well with her and David right now, and honestly, they haven't had any of the major hiccups that are usually present by now in Janelle's relationship, she thinks that she's just, like, past it all. (laughs) And yeah. she told, like, co-author or ghostwriter, whatever you want to call her that. Yeah. And they went with it. But, like, anybody who has ever watched the show is, is like, like
0: what? Yeah. And it what just, is happening? It, that's a, exactly. And, like, even in the first episode of the season when she's, like, in the parking lot with the producer and she's, like, I don't have friends. I don't have mom. I don't have Jace. I don't have family. I don't have, like, she's, like, listing, like, literally doing exactly what she was describing there, listing her worth and others.
1: It's just, it like this is what I was saying earlier about the parts that Janelle didn't mean to be things that make you think, or the ones that really got me because it's just like Janelle is really this disconnected from what's yes. really going on, and yes. Ghost Rider made like no effort. To like bring it back down to reality because she was about that check like yeah. and I don't bri- bless you Tanya Brown wherever you are like I am glad that you were getting whatever you're getting from all of these copies that are sold because this girl is on TV <laughs> but like <laughs> Janelle shame on you because I don't even think you proofread this like I really don't think you no. read this before it went to publishing
0: she hasn't read it today she never read this book. but we have. but I, I really. Have. Yeah. But I don't know what that says about me. Uh, Absolutely. So I thought it was interesting the way, like, she gives a detailed account of the first time she smokes weed. And she says, I remember feeling really silly and light in both spirit and mind, which I just thought was interesting because um, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, they describe uh, the sense of ease and comfort, which comes at once from taking a drink. And it's just I was like, oh, (laughs) Janelle felt her like found her sense of ease and comfort, but from smoking instead of taking a drink. It was just so like it was just such drug addict language. But I don't think she realizes she was doing that.
1: Yeah, it's really funny because we get to the other part later where Janelle does some other experimentation with drugs before things got too serious when she was a teenager. And it's just it's so interesting because you were saying this earlier but janelle talks to her diary like it's a person who has never met her
0: yeah like
1: when i was young and i kept a diary i thought i was gonna win a nobel prize so i named it nobel and would like write to it like it was an old friend who lived in europe (laughs) i am such a nerd like it's really kind of sad But yeah like I thought I was Anne Frank writing to Kitty like I would just write to this diary like it was an old friend of mine but Janelle is just like like it's somebody she met on like Lipstick Alley and she's like okay girl here's the tea that's exactly (laughs) it and just opens up about everything and she goes through the details like she's telling somebody that she's never met all of this information and it's it's so weird because Janelle, as a person, has such little self-awareness, but when she describes her thinking patterns, it's like you're reading out of a fucking textbook. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah,
1: it's just like, I feel this way. I feel worthless. I want to die. I wish I was never born. Nobody loves me. I just really want to take these drugs because I feel like this will make me feel better if I don't have to think of everything. And it's just like, Janelle, like,
0: you're so close to the breakthrough. I completely agree. So here's a line that I want to read that is why I feel like it's like a 55-year-old man writing this book. She's oh, my des- God, please. She's describing her boyfriend, William, the one that she smoked pot with. And she says, I hugged and kissed and necked. Like, necking? Neck. Like, it's the 1950s? Neck. I think I
1: know... Yeah. No, because doesn't this passage go on to be like, oh, like, I never, like, did anything with William, but he- but petting got
0: pretty heavy. No, yeah, this I is when to, she's saying that she hasn't um, had sex yet. and I wanted to throw oh, up, Liz. Petting got pretty heavy, like... I'm reading this about a 15-year-old. Yeah. I felt dirty. This is a full entry. Like, on the subway to work. Like, what? She says, I may have been a bit boy crazy before this, and I certainly gave my heart away to too many of them, uh, away to each of them far too soon. Why isn't this letting me? Uh, sorry. I gave my heart away each of them quickly. I hugged and kissed and necked and generally made out with some of them, yet I never went all generally the way. Generally made out with a boy until William next I just it's crazy next is crazy gone all the way I don't feel like kids
1: say that anymore like I know this was back in like 2008 but I really don't think we said go all the way when I was in like middle and high school because I'm around I'm like I think am I closer to Janelle's age than you are or is it Um, vice versa
0: I think you're like right in between me and Janelle Okay, because I I was born
1: in ninety three, so I'm twenty four. Oh, you're young. And Janelle was born. <laughs> Janelle was born in ninety one, right? Oh, I thought you were two years older than
0: Janelle. I don't know. So you're yeah, Why you're closer. I always than think I'm so old. I don't know. I don't know, Tomlin.
1: Uh, it happens to me a lot. People when I worked as a lifeguard and I was like nineteen, people thought I was like twenty seven, and I would be like,
0: what? Yeah. No. So. Uh, here's another one when she's describing William, who's like her first, like real boyfriend that she like really loves and has sex with. He like breaks up with her. She's devastated. It's actually really sad because she talks about how like, and I think this is something a lot of people can relate to. At least I can relate to it. I think you said you could relate to it, like where the guy breaks up to you, but then you let him like come fuck you because like you love him so much and like, you'll let him do whatever because like, you're just so desperate. And she wrote... Too many times. Yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) This is not one boyfriend I did this with. She would write, he would still come to me for a quick screw. Like, screw... It's just such weird language. Like, she doesn't say screw. (laughs) The whole thing is
1: patently ridiculous. Like, I know that Janelle... Knows these things and thinks these things, but I feel like Janelle said this offhandedly as one comment and it got expanded into an entire chapter. Like she was like, oh yeah, you know, he only came over when he wanted to fuck. And then like Tanya Brown was like, I can take this and make three Kindle pages.
0: <laughs> um, Janelle also uses the word lovers a lot throughout this book. She constantly refers to being lovers with her boyfriends weirdly I can almost hear Janelle saying
1: that because like I can hear Janelle like calling somebody like her paramour or something <laughs> like that because it sounds fancy but then she'll say it with like eight eight one syllable words surrounding that it, and it's just like what are you doing Janelle like, yeah. what is the sentence supposed to be
0: yeah and she mentions lovers when she's talking about Andrew so finally Andrew comes oh and we should mention like up until this point they show the diary entries, and then they weir- do, like, a weird typeface to change the names over the people's names, and, uh... It makes me so angry, like, you're rationally upset. Yeah, because they don't even, like, try and match it, like... <laughs> it's, like, literally, like, no Times New Roman, like...
1: close enough.
0: Like, like, so I work in a law firm, and we still use the typewriter for some stuff, which is, like, crazy, but, um... And it, you know, like, if they have to get into a contract that's, like, not online, they use a typewriter to, like, fix stuff on a contract because my office is really old school still. And I think a lot of law offices still do this because in case you guys don't know, like, I would say, like, most law offices are still in, like, 2002, (laughs) technology-wise, like, Oh,
1: my gosh. It depends on what kind of law you're in. I feel like we're solidly in, like, 2012 at my job. Like, not 17. Good. But we're definitely, we're in the 2010s, but it's only because my boss has, like, no patience for any type of minutia that happens so he's just like let's let's keep moving forward like one year every five years
0: I mean our like the federal district down here in South Florida like I'm pretty sure you still can't like totally fully e-file like your cases like the law oh. is like extremely behind in case anybody doesn't know this like if you're ever worried about like you know like paper companies running out like don't worry the law is not going paperless like Don't worry about Uh, it. I
1: had this fight with one of my best friends when she was saying, like, the postmaster general was a stupid job because nobody sends mail. And I was like, you do not work at a law firm. Yeah,
0: exactly. So uh, Janelle says... Oh, so there's, like, this literally Times New Roman typeface over the people's (laughs) names. And it just looks so silly. It just looks so silly. But now Andrew comes into the picture and... She starts fucking, and they get pregnant, <laughs> which is so crazy. You know, I never would have guessed. Who would know? And she's like, Andrew didn't even care. Like, like, he wasn't upset, he wasn't excited, and he and his parents just, like, move away. And she says this weird thing where she says, I never heard from his parents again. And this is how it's so obvious that her ghostwriter didn't even watch The 16 and Pregnant, because I'm sure when they were talking... The writer was like, so what happened to Andrew's parents? Like, were they involved? And she was like, nah, like, his parents moved away and, like, we didn't really talk. But, like, they did talk because we literally saw her dad, his dad on 16 and pregnant, like...
1: We saw Barney, yeah. <laughs> so I will never forget that Andrew's dad's name is Barney. But we saw him on Sixteen and Pregnant. But I would not be surprised if that's the last conversation he ever had with an Evans woman. Yeah, no, I, like, I believe not that Barbara, not know not Ansley. Like he was just like, I am not here for my son or any of <laughs> this bullshit. No, totally
0: I am going great.
1: back to wherever in North Carolina I'm from.
0: Totally agree. But, like, it's so obvious Janelle told the right, like, Tanya Brown and was like, eh, you know, like, I don't know, his parents moved away. We didn't talk again. But, like. (laughs) And Tanya was just like, it's going in. Yeah, exactly. Tanya was like, eh, well, you know. Um, So, Janelle has the baby, you know. Surprise, Andrew doesn't. Stick around. And we find out that Janelle was just so stressed and life was so hard having the baby. And, you know, she let Barbara help and she had no idea Barbara would take the baby away from her. (sighs) And she literally says this, guys. Now that I have the advantage of looking back on everything that has happened, I wonder if my mother didn't just want to have another child of her own. She's always loved kids and seemed happiest when she was mothering us. I was her youngest child, who is now old enough to have kids of my own. I wonder if that left her feeling empty. I wonder if she had secretly looked forward to the birth of my child. After all, she was quick to take custody from me and always tried to raise Jace as her own. Next. Like, I can't even
1: deal with that whole narrative. Like, when has... Okay, I'm going to say something that might be mildly controversial, but hear me out. (laughs) I don't think that Barbara likes mothering Jace the way she does. I think that Barbara loves Jace. I think she wants what's best for him. I think that she would take a bullet for that little boy. I really think that she's stepping up because she wants Jace to have a chance to be better than her and Janelle are but does she want to be in her like mid-60s raising a fucking night or fourth grader no, no she not <laughs> she wants to be drunk and hang out with her friends Barbara can come drink wine with me anytime (laughs) but like she can't because she takes care of Jace and I know that's not what she wanted in her 16 and pregnant she wasn't happy when Janelle and Nathan took her to that dumbass ice cream shop and got her that waffle cone and told her they were planning a baby two weeks after meeting each other she wasn't happy and told them I'm not taking on another kid like this isn't some labor of love that Barbara is doing like she's making a mosaic tile mural or some shit like she's raising a human being, so that they won't be in foster care, bounced around two different abusive and neglective full households. Like, also, it, it is not like
0: a happy thing. It contradicts her own fucking book because the whole first fifty pages of this is how much Barbara is a bitch and she hates being a mom. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like the there whole. Are so many different
1: parts of it that don't make sense. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Tanya slash Janelle. I don't even know who's responsible for that dumb shit.
0: Oh, and by the way, Janelle got on Sixteen and Pregnant because she was watching season one. And uh like there was an ad, like, are you sixteen and pregnant? And she was like, yeah, I am. And like filled out the information, and MTV called her the next day. And like within a month, she was filming Sixteen and Pregnant.
1: That's honestly the best origin story for this song, uh, for this song, for this show. Because like weren't Macy and Farah both looking for like model opportunities?
0: Yeah, I don't to, know like, about Farrah, but literally Macy's mom was looking <laughs> at teen pregnancy modeling. Like I don't even
1: I don't even know where I I don't know who's selling or doing anything for that except MTV. Also like no, I
0: offense, don't know. How- Macy's not that pretty. I- like.
1: I feel like Farah, and in her book and like Deb's book, I'm pretty sure they wrote about having like a manager for like Christian modeling. I don't know what that oh, means either. I don't I'm know 100% what I don't sure know of what that. teen mom modeling or Christian modeling is. Yes, but like both of them had agents trying to find them work, and Janelle was like literally. It's like when you watch Mari,
0: and it's like, <laughs> do you not know who your baby daddy is? Call one eight eight four five Mari. No, I'm 100% sure Farrah had a Christian modeling agency. Like, that tracks. Um, Also, a fun fact we learned about this is that Janelle went to modeling classes, which are, like, those classes that you literally pay, and they, like, give you headshots and, like, cost so much money and, like, are worthless. (laughs) She went to modeling classes in, like, Oak Island, North Carolina. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So... Janelle presents it as Andrew is, like, such a mess with drinking that she makes a decision to cut him out of her life, which, like, LOL, Andrew cut himself the fuck out. Like, Janelle had no part of that.
1: <laughs> because his feelings for her dropped. Like, that's one of my favorite fucking quotes from the entire series. Janelle like, my never broken for up you with a guy in dropped. her
0: life. No. They dump her. Like... Which? No, I'm not going to say that. Never mind. (laughs) I mean, it's sad, but, like, Janelle would still be with Andrew, probably, if he would, like, still be with her. Like, she just doesn't have, like, the emotional capacity to leave a boyfriend. And I just love this idea that she's like, Andrew was just drinking so much, and it was just so bad for me and my son, so I made a decision to stop seeing him. More like Andrew was like, bitch, lose my number. Like. (laughs) And even beyond that, like, Uh, this is one thing I learned
1: something from this book Liz just like when I read Vapor by Deborah Danielson I actually learned a couple things I did not know that Janelle knew that Kiefer was on heroin their entire relationship until she said it in the book I like that so it's just like so you left you left Andrew because he was drinking too much. And like, I guess he got a DUI or whatever, but Kiefer was slipping into the bathroom and doing fucking heroin. And you didn't leave him over that. Like you, in fact, you start doing the heroin with him and only left him because you were like, yo, this heroin shit is a little too much for me. Like what?
0: Yeah. So here's uh, what happens with Janelle and Jace, according to Janelle. I soon found myself super stressed and worn down. I had just had a baby, sent the father away, and was filming a new series. Oh, because Teen Mom 2 had been picked up at this point. Raising (laughs) Jace was proving to be more difficult than I expected. Being a mom was hard work. I was tired and needed a break from it all. One night, my mother convinced me to go out with my friends so I could relax. My mother wanted me to relax. I should have been suspicious at the time. My mother wasn't the relaxing type of person, much less the kind of woman to encourage others to enjoy themselves. Least of all me. I took the bait, however, and went out for that evening with Tori. That's the night I met Kiefer, my next love interest in roller coaster ride. I had a fun night, but oh, hold on one second. I had a fun night, but. See, this is where, like, my highlighting has gone wrong. Basically, she says, but it's a trap, and her mom convinced her to um, give up the baby the next day. She called CPS.
1: Okay, Liz, can I ask you a question? Yeah. So when Barbara reads this kind of shit, because I'm sure she will, we saw Janet read a copy of Kale's book. So morbid curiosity gets the best of all of us. Yeah. Do you think Barbara thinks like oh, my poor child who is so misguided, she's so much like me no. when I was young, or do you think no. Barbara is just
0: like What the fuck no. is this? She what? She's in full my bitch of a daughter mode. Like she, no, actually, Barbara at this point probably, like, reads that and just starts laughing. Like, is this bitch serious? Just like the rest of us who literally saw Janelle going out every single night on her episode of 16 and Pregnant and then Teen Mom. Every night. Just because I'm pregnant doesn't mean I can't go out. Exactly. That's my Janelle voice. Yeah. So, according to Janelle, she had gone out. She was out all night. And, um... My mother had called Child Protective Services and told them that I was out partying all night and left my son at home. She told them I did this pretty much every night, which was a lie. I tried to tell them she told me to go out, but they wouldn't listen. They gave my mother temporary custody in the light of my actions. My mother had set me up and I had fallen hard for it. To make matters worse, CPS threatened to put my son in foster care if I didn't sign custody of him over to my mom because I wasn't financially stable. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's the reason. So many,
1: many things about this. Like, I actually briefly worked in family law. Mm-hmm. So there are parts of this, because I worked in a center for the Superior Court that was for self-represented litigants who didn't have lawyers. So we met a lot of Janelle's in our time there. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of what she's saying makes, Kind of sense, but you can just really tell that she's telling her version of the story. Because I swear to God, I heard people come into my center and say like, "Oh, my my baby daddy is doing this and this," and he said that like he's taking me for full custody and shit. Because when somebody files a CPS complaint against you, most of the time, if they're the other parent or they're the party that's caring for the child a lot. CPS will tell you, like, you need to file for full custody and take custody of the child or we will put them in foster care because obviously what's happening right now isn't working. Yeah. So I believe half of that story, but, like, the whole, like, I went out, and my mother, Janelle, like, nobody believes that. I feel like we don't even need to discuss why that didn't fucking happen because we saw it on TV. Like, I believe that CPS was putting pressure on you, Janelle, because you weren't. You hurt being a mother. You literally said, like, Jace doesn't need me. He has my mom. That's not how it works. That's why your mom has custody, dog.
0: Exactly. And, like, I mean, I believe, I don't know, part of me wonders if, like, Janelle believes that she was actually tricked. I definitely think, like, this is going
1: back to what you were saying about when you see somebody who's in active addiction and you're in your rational mind like I would have no trouble believing you if you told me that really in her heart and soul Janelle believes that she was tricked into giving up Jace like it wouldn't be a hard sell for me to think like yeah she probably does think that but like she's rewritten history in her mind
0: yeah. so many different times she doesn't it's even a know a whole
1: different story yeah
0: exact- exactly I completely agree with that um So, she, like, the most annoying part about this book is that she'll be, like, but, like, she'll, like, get into something. Like, I was arrested. Well, she tells us how she was arrested for breaking and entering, but she'll, like, get into something and then be, like, but you saw that on Teen Mom, so I won't get into it here. And it's, like, get into it. I want to know about it.
1: The book is such a weird mix of, like, I'm going to tell you only the things you saw on TV but I'm also going to completely gloss over them because they're
0: on TV. So it's like, what the fuck is this, Janelle? Yeah. So Janelle goes to rehab because she, like, can't stop failing drug tests for probation, which she's on for getting into a physical fight on camera. Well, not on camera, but, like, on YouTube. You know, that was filmed. And she had been breaking and entering with Kiefer. And uh, she goes to rehab for weed and writes a diary entry every day. And it's extremely boring, but also kind of interesting because it was she was at a place with, like, no structure that let her do whatever she wanted. Um, I'm guessing she was at, like, a facility that wasn't actually inpatient. I'm assuming yeah. she was at... She went, she went to one of those, like,
1: passions of Malibu place that, like, has the commercials where the yeah. guy's like, I used to be an
0: addict. Like, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. So I think she went to what I would call... Um, php which is partial hospitalization which is like you go to groups during the day and then at night you like kind of do what you want because she had a cell phone a laptop <laughs> like they went to the movies all the time like like she didn't really seem to be doing a lot of therapy at rehab
1: dude this whole thing i have never been to rehab so i really cannot speak on this like i know what i'm talking about i've been to two but for every- from every episode of intervention i've ever seen they're just like oh for 30 days like you can't talk to anybody and janelle was only there for 30 days and she was arguing with Kiefer half the time like if i was addicted to drugs this would not be good for my progress as a person to yeah. have my cell phone no and be able to be on facebook arguing with my ex-boyfriend's
0: new girl like what yeah so here's one crazy entry well not entry but like explanation i needed help that's true But it wasn't chemistry or therapy that I needed. What I needed was understanding and guidance. I wasn't broken or a waste. I was a human being who made some bad choices and lived a complicated life. The folks at Malibu did their best to diagnose and treat me. But in truth, I needed far more treatment than the staff could provide. I needed TLC. I needed love.
1: (sighs) (laughs) I feel like I glossed over a lot of these books, and when you read them aloud...
0: Like, like I needed TLC. Like, like she, like, this just this bitch drug- Has never been addicted to drugs. Like, she's like, I didn't need therapy. I needed understanding and guidance. What the fuck do you think therapy is, Janelle? Oh my!
1: God. <laughs> I'm. I have. I really have the giggles over that because it's just like, Janelle, you can. There's a world that exists where you can have both of those things, like. I don't know what is wrong with Janelle specifically, but she clearly has, like, attachment and love and validation issues. I think she
0: has, like, attachment disorder. Like, reactive attachment disorder. Like, you hear about orphans that are adopted as, like, older children. Like, that's what Janelle has.
1: It's really something close to that. Like, I really believe it. And it's, like, it's almost like she doesn't understand, like... You find a loving relationship through going to therapy and working through your issues. Not everybody, but not everybody has lived the life that you have, Janelle. Like, I'm not even making excuses for Janelle to be like, oh, you know, she's been through so much. But, like, Janelle has had a life. Like, her house burned down when she was a kid because her brother burnt it the fuck down. Like, there's, there's a lot that has happened. There's a lot to unpack with Janelle, which is one of the reasons I find her so interesting. Because she didn't become like this in a vacuum, but it's almost like even she doesn't realize this. Like, most people will be like, you don't know me. You don't know what I've been through. But Janelle will be like, oh, you don't know me. I've changed. And it's just like, (laughs) Janelle,
0: Yeah, Yeah. Um, So we like, she goes to 30 days of rehab. She gets home, gets right back with Kiefer. Um, I wanted to get into when she talks about her living with this guy that she calls Connor, and uh, Duffy. yeah, which I, I definitely talked about him in my Janelle Evans side character episode. You guys should go listen to that if you didn't. I did a whole episode on Janelle's side characters, and she says he's like this old guy. He made guitars, and he needed a living assistant, so she started living with him. And it turns out, what does out, that mean? So basically, what happened is Janelle met this guy James Duffy. He was a fucking creeper. He was like in his fifties. Would have Janelle and Tori and all their friends over, and he would like fuck all of them, and like release pictures of Janelle like doing lines, and like her and Tori (laughs) hooking up, and Janelle not funny. No, it it, no, it is funny. funny. It is funny because it's just so crazy.
1: do you remember when Tori I don't even remember where this was. It might have been like Facebook or YouTube or wherever, but Tori put out like a video where she was like, Oh yeah, we
0: used to do like everything. I used toys on her and everything. Yeah. Like Well at one point Janelle wait at one point Janelle Duffy's and house? at one point Janelle and Tori accused James Duffy of having them over for spaghetti dinner and drugging them.
1: Drugged spaghetti i remember this this is when janelle had her own blog that was janelle com. so if we add that <sighs> to the list of fucking journal entries oh, God. We're up to like
0: 20 that blog was so good do you remember she would write details about taylor taylor lewis courtland's ex-girlfriend like being a prostitute and would write like detailed <gasps> accounts about how taylor prostituted Oh, that's vintage. not funny. But didn't Tori and
1: Janelle? Okay, yeah, no, I really don't want to start a rumor. I don't want to start a rumor. But there was a rumor a long time ago on Twitter, that Tori and Janelle were prostituting, which honestly, well, if they did, I really don't care. I don't know. But if, is that true? Is that a thing that happened?
0: I don't know if Tori was, but apparently Janelle started prostituting with Taylor Lewis.
1: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that no, happens because like honestly did. you don't you don't have to sell it. It sells itself. Like I don't really begrudge Janelle for that. I just feel she sad. She's a heroin addict. Like that's what happens. It's like <laughs> It is. And it's kinda like girl, you're on T V and this is still what it comes down to. It really shows you that drugs are an equalizer. Yeah.
0: So um Basically, she said, like, Connor, she quit Connor's job because he wanted to have sex with her. And she says, I will confess to once thinking I had to use sex as a means to keep the man in my life happy. But Connor was never my man. He was a boss at best and an asshole at worst. And to tell the truth, I can do and have done much better than the likes of Connor. What in the world would make him think I would want to sleep with him? Okay, guys. So... So she's not going to talk about the naked pictures he released of her on, like, the fucking pier in North Carolina, though? Guys, James Duffy is a fucking lunatic and released hundreds of texts between him and Janelle talking about fucking. And Janelle's naked pictures of her fingering herself on a park bench. Like... Like you can get online Isn't and see Janelle's insane. pussy right now, and it's all thanks to James Duffy. And she wrote in her fucking book that they never had sex.
1: <sighs> no, Liz. He just took nude pictures of her in public and that's it. And like s- I've had so many friends who told me they had sugar daddies who took like nude pictures of them or like just did something like that, but they never had sex. And it's just like, do you all think that we're this stupid? Yeah, and Like, do people know what? Like, really
0: think that we're that dumb? Maybe some sugar babies are like that. It exists. I know that. But not Janelle. And like, James Duffy released the fucking. Texts of Janelle being like, "You fucked me so good last night. Like, I liked when you used that toy. Like, let's go get new toys that oh. you can use on me. Like, these were like graphic. James Duffy and his fucking toys. because uh, he's a creep, gross, older guy. Like, guys like James Duffy is like, Google him. He's bald. He's overweight. Like, he's like fifty. Like, he is the quintessential guy that like goes to a sex toy shop." Like, he doesn't get these toys on Amazon. Like, he goes to the Hustler store and is, like, disgusting. What I remember the most about James Duffy is
1: that he used to tweet, like, and post all over the internet really explicit stuff. And one thing he would say is that he would, like, and I'm I'm sorry, guys, for using this language, but he said he would, like, fuck girls until they passed out and stuff like that and it's just like i have been on tumblr i've been on many corners of the internet and that's what like every creepy like mid 40s early 50s guy says and it's just like who thinks that's attractive like who in the world thinks that like you like fuck me until like i get lightheaded and lose consciousness is like what i'm going for like
0: yeah exactly so gross so, like, the rest of the book is Janelle, like, talking about heroin, but, like, not even. Like, it. she gives, like, no detailed accounts. Like, she doesn't explain, like, really what it's like to be a heroin addict. Like, it's the least descriptive shit ever, basically. She's like, I was addicted she to heroin. Really,
1: like, one part of the book, she says, like, I mostly sat around, like, smoking weed, doing heroin, and chilling. Like, <laughs> What? And when she describes, like, detoxing, she's like, it's the worst flu you can have times 10. Like, Liz, I've never done actually, any, any drug, like, I've never done any drug stronger than weed, and I could tell you, like, that is the description I've heard every heroin addict say. So if I wanted to fake being on heroin, I would be like, "Uh, it's like the flu times 10,
0: like, what? I would say, actually, I do, like, kind of explain that to people, but, like, that's like your... I say, like, it's, like, I always say, like, it's, imagine the worst flu you've ever had, like, times 100, but then I get into it, like, your legs are so restless, like, you feel like bugs are crawling out of your skin, like, you're throwing up, you're shitting your pants, like, Janelle literally just says that, just imagine the worst flu you've had times 10, like, no See, that's the
1: part that bothered me, because there was no other exposition, and she was like, oh, you know, I was vomiting and other, like, Unpleasant, like thing. I forget how, exactly how she phrases it, but she's like, "Oh, other unpleasant things are happening," and it's just like, Explain "Dude, is them. that really how you're explaining heroin withdrawal? Like it was very unpleasant."
0: Like this is a memoir. I want to. I'm reading this for the unpleasant things. Like get as gross and as graphic as need be. Absolutely, and like it's it's crazy
1: to me that like these years pass between the diary entries that we're getting the quotes from. Yeah, And uh, Janelle is just like, oh, almost a year has passed. And it's just like, and she sums it up and she does a good job of kind of trying to give us a play-by-play, but it's like, if she writes for sarcasm, it's like, oh, these are the things you need to know. It's like, this is your personal story, Janelle, and it's almost, it's so disconnected because I feel like the way it's written and the whole concept just really... It doesn't work for Janelle. Like I said before, this should have been Macy. Janelle should have done Bulletproof, where she just really got into a novel with us and was like, okay, so here's what happened. What had happened was, and I would read that. Janelle's memoir should have been called What Had
0: Happened Was. (laughs) That's true. And then the end of the book, so she, like, gets into Kiefer, but, like, barely. She gets into Cortland, but, like, even less. Like, it, she just gives, like, no details about anything. Like, Dude, this and whole then, book could be when about When we get to
1: Portland. Nathan and David, it's just like, are you really summarizing Nathan in, like, two She's pages, like, Janelle? You like, saw that on TV. No big. That was, like, the best fucking season of Teen Mom <laughs> by, like, there's, like, half of the fandom that's really here for, like, Teen Mom as it was in seasons, like, one through three for Teen Mom one and two. And there's the other half of the fandom that's just like, no, when they started getting the money and things started getting, like, weird where they're between normal people and celebrities, that's when it got good. And Nathan was essential in that. Like, Janelle's second child was such a huge thing. And I'm really upset that we only got, like, a page and a half of Nathan because I hate Nathan so much. I had
0: so much to say about him. This whole book should have been from, like, Kiefer and her getting on heroin to David now. Like I don't give a
1: fuck yeah, like, about anything else. Like Janelle, and reading like her backstory as like a kid and being like younger and her friends, like I thought that was kind of interesting insight to her as a person. But I would kind of be interested in that kind of stuff with any person I met in life. Like, what were you like when you were young? Yeah, I feel like that's kind of like a normal curious thing. Like Janelle, we are here for the bullshit.
0: I, like, I know a you whole wrote book. this book for
1: your fans who were twelve, but like. <laughs> You have to know that the people keeping Teen Mom on the air are the people who just want to see you fail. And it's just, like, you wouldn't even give us a teaser, not even a
0: crust of bread. I could write a whole book about her relationship with Cortland, and it would be interesting.
1: (laughs) I believe, okay, I listened to the side characters episode, and just Taylor Lewis by herself, like, I... I, one of my favorite things to do is go on audible dot com and like read the books that only have like one comment and three reviews. because <laughs> I'm like, I just I want to get into this shit that probably only eight other people in the world know about. Like, <laughs> I want to know about this one person that existed one time. if there was a Taylor Lewis book, I would probably fucking read it, oh, even though I barely know anything about her. And if Janelle had really the Cortland era, like I wasn't even like on Janelle like that. But I remember the fucking streams. I was ne- I never had a fucking stream account but I remember like people would post them to YouTube and she was singing like Ransom by Lil Wayne and Drake and other random stuff and it's like how high are you Janelle? Like Very. one entire verse of this song is just the alphabet? Yeah. like <laughs> you're singing it into the camera.
0: <laughs> so what are you doing? Yeah I just want to quickly go to the end of this book because then we're just going to like do a quick recap. Um but So, the end of the book is a list she made of reasons why she's bipolar when she was in rehab. And it's like, I mean, she's describing her mania, and then she writes, Hey, but I'm not actually bipolar. I just have PTSD and anxiety. (laughs) Which, it's like PTSD, anxiety, and a panic
1: disorder. And, like, I have seen people in real life have panic attacks. And what I've seen Janelle display on Teen Mom 2 is not at all like what i've seen panic attacks looking like i'm not saying that janelle doesn't have them but i'm just saying that's not what i thought they looked like so i'm very skeptical i'm extremely dubious
0: also i want to know who the therapists right that she's worked with since treatment how she has possibly worked with a therapist or psychiatrist long enough at any period of time to get rid of the bipolar diagnosis and bring on a new diagnosis Hold on, wait. This is a part that I had never even considered about it because I don't think other than the time she was in rehab wearing
1: that stupid fucking tie-dye hoodie... (laughs) And, like, talking to that psychiatrist in monotone like she always does. I don't think that I can remember a time where she—because we all know Janelle. If Janelle was really working on her shit and she was in therapy, she would be like, I'm in fucking therapy and you motherfuckers don't know me. And, like, LMFAO with a million O's because that's how she is, (laughs) like— Exactly, She would be on Twitter saying that she's so much better and she's changed because the old Janelle wouldn't go to therapy.
0: Exactly. And like she did end up going to rehab one more time which she didn't write about in this book. She went to rehab um, like in between seeing Cortland like right before she got the abortion um, like right after Cortland got arrested she went to rehab for like a week and a half. So I'm assuming that was like the only other time she's seen a therapist. <laughs> That's, Wait hold on, hold on, hold on,
1: because I keep meaning to bring this up, but I keep forgetting because we get into so many. (laughs) Janelle just goes so deep. Yeah. There's so many different ways we could go. But, like, when I was reading this book and I was reading all of the scanned pages, it's obvious that, like, she hasn't pursued other, like, mental help in the time that all of this happened until now but the other thing that really struck me about the scanned pages from her rehab diary is that we she was in there for like 30 days or whatever but we don't have an entry from every single day and i remember a long time ago when i was like on tumblr deep somebody had posted oh or it might have been teen mom junkies even yeah i, I know what you're talking maybe about with a link. So you're the link to all of her diary entries that weren't included in there where she had like a
0: rehab day. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, but that was from this second rehab that she doesn't write about. And also I'm not so sure. That That clears up so much. I'm not so sure that she was actually right. Now that I've read these old diary entries i'm not so sure okay so basically these diary entries have leaked of janelle's from when she was in rehab for the second time that wasn't included in the book and it's actually like kind of gross you feel kind of gross when you read them because it's like it's just no, very absolutely. personal it's I like felt bad I yeah. Was like, ugh, yeah and um they look like she's writing a letter to someone but now that i've read these diary entries i'm not so sure she was actually writing to somebody else <laughs> Yeah, I was like,
1: Janelle, I, I honestly, I think that Janelle's actual diary entries were the my favorite part of this, because she really talked to me like I was me. Like, I didn't know her at all, and she was just like, okay, so...
0: Yeah, so when you read these leaked diary entries, it seems like she's writing to someone, but now that's how she writes all of her diary entries, so it's possible she was literally just writing in her diary and not writing letters to somebody that never got sent. That that was the only premise that I had ever heard of it, that
1: people were saying, like, oh, these are Janelle's diary entries. Somebody, like, ended up getting their hands on these and just scanned them, and that was the only way that I had ever known them, because, like, I really think it may have been TMJ now where people were saying, like, you know, this is, like, not that fun anymore because yeah. there's somebody, like, in rehab, like, diarying themselves, yeah. and I feel bad, like.
0: Yeah, that was in February of, or March of 2013, even though in her book she claims she stopped doing heroin in December of 2012. So, you know, but she went to rehab for some reason in February of 2013. You know, who knows? But yeah, that was basically, I feel like overall, I gained nothing from Janelle's book and I would have been fine never reading it. I really feel like I am worse
1: for having read that text inside of that PDF. Like, I don't, I like, okay, I said this earlier. People bag on My Teenage Dream Ended by Sarah Abraham because it is not a good book. But she included deece. Like Farrah got into it. I know what Derek Underwood, rest in peace. I know what his semen smells like because yes. Farrah went that extra mile for me. Like she really tried to let me know everything. She laid the foundation and just, I you really I've read like her ghostwriter in life and like <laughs>
0: talked to her like eye to eye. I haven't and it was, read. Like, this is what I'm trying to get across. I haven't read Farrah all the way through, but I have read like you know like pretty significant chunks of it. And I agree. Like, Farrah, like, was just like, yeah, I, I had sex with a black guy to get back at Derek, and then he called him an n-word, and that's how I knew he loved me. Like, yeah. like sheer <laughs> wild shit in her book that Janelle didn't even begin to touch.
1: And this is why Farah is my favorite. That could be an episode all in a in itself, so we don't have to get into it. (laughs) But like Janelle just didn't bring the same thing and it's very disappointing because like I said earlier, we've been waiting years for this book. Like we wanted this Janelle tell all because it's like I want to know what Connor was doing in the sixth grade when Janelle was like eight years old. Like I wanted to know what was going on. I wanted to hear about her face like being punched by Ashley's fist like I wanted all of the details and she was like oh me and my sister fist fought every day but I can't really get into that yeah so agreed. I'll just talk about like my stupid high school
0: boyfriend and the time that I overdosed on decongestant medicine <laughs> oh we didn't even get into that Ugh, I can't even deal with it all right I need to put Chanel's <laughs> book to rest <laughs> It is dead in the ground. I will never in my life look at that shit again.
1: Never. But I'll think about it often, warmly, because of this experience. <laughs> because of you,
0: Liz. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive Producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah Giovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. And come on over to our Facebook page for more stuff.